This is episode number 129 of the Landscape Photography Show, brought to you by Nature Photographers Network. You can go to naturephotographers.network and get 10% off of a yearly subscription if you use the code LPS10 during your checkout process. That's LPS10, like Landscape Photography Show, and 10% off. Nature Photographers Network is a great forum and place for you to get more involved, not only with other photographers in the community, but also to get involved and, and get orientated with a lot of the professional photographers in our community. Again, like myself, uh, Matt Payne, Ben Horn, everybody in there is very active. William Neal's on there. A lot of great photographers for you to not only interact with, but learn from in the critique session and share thoughts and opinions in the forum discussions as well. Again, that's naturephotographers.network and use the code LPS10 during your checkout to get that. You can also find a link with that discount code in the show notes of today's podcast as well. Today we're talking with photographer Andrew Baruffi, who joined me from Rochester, New York, uh, somebody who's known for photographing Southern Utah and Zion specifically. But I wanted to have Andrew on for a very long time because I've always respected and looked up to his small scene photography as I'm somebody who's learning a little bit more about small scenes myself. Looking at Andrew's work is something that's very inspirational about me. During this podcast, we're going to be talking a lot about his approach to small scenes, but overarching of that, we're going to be talking about adding emotion to your images, going through emotional experiences like uh, mental illness and depressive states, and how you overcome those and work through those through nature photography and what the healing process of nature is, and also how do you add an emotion from a 3D space when you're actually photographing to a 2D space that is an actual image you're looking at. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're here with Andrew Baruffi joining us from Rochester, New York this morning. Andrew is somebody who I I think we've gone back and forth a few times, either in DMs or emails, just trying to get on the podcast and schedule the time. My schedule is always crazy. I'm sure yours is too. And and all photographers are kind of have this crazy schedule of uh, trying to go out and shoot, but also trying to do things like this. So Andrew, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and and second of all, why don't you bring everybody up to speed as to who you are, uh, what led you into photography, and, and kind of what led you to where you are right now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, thanks for having me on, David. Really appreciate it. Um, I kind of started photography, I guess, back in 2013. It's like first time I picked up a camera. It's always a tough question of like, when did you start photography? Um, Because back then, picked up a camera and then really didn't start doing anything until about 2016, 2017, really focusing on like Milky Way stuff, astrophotography, um, but kind of quickly got bored of that. Um, It was just kind of, I kind of felt stuck in like this very samey motions of, you know, take a 
a photograph of the Milky Way in front of something. And, you know, after a while, it just kind of became repetitive. Um, and then a few years down the line, I, I moved to Washington, D.C. Um, I worked at National Geographic, not as a photographer or anything, but just in their museum exhibitions. Um, and I just kind of saw like new forms of photography and, and really was approaching more like city based stuff, trying to get into like street photography. Um, but, uh, didn't really get into much. Um, and then I moved back home to Southern Utah after that for some personal and financial reasons. Um, and that's, that's where home has been for the past 20 years. All my family's out there, um, originally from Las Vegas, Nevada, but moved to, to Southern Utah. And when I got back, I kind of fell into this really depressed state, just a heavy depression. And um, after that, after a while, it kind of became more of a suicidal depression, um, at, at which point I kind of uh, kind of fell in love with nature for the first time and primarily the Southern Utah area and mainly centering on Zion National Park. Um, I just went and visited every single day, you know, um, the first day I went was my birthday, um, just two days after I got back from Washington, D.C., and um, I just fell in love with the park and kind of explored this idea of smaller scenes and details and focusing on learning and practicing photography. Um, and after a while, I, I kind of began to heal and, and become more of a um, okay with the world around me and kind of okay with how my mind was doing. Um, and right now I live in Rochester, New York with my partner. She's uh, going to the University of Rochester, getting her PhD. She's doing incredible. And, and um, we're here for a couple more years and we'll see what happens next. But that's kind of where I'm at. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes. For sure. <laughs> um, and, and everybody's story is like that. Like you say, what's your story? And you don't know how far back they're going to go. Let, let's start in dc and and the move to there what were you doing in dc specifically yeah i was there with um uh, an ex-partner and just you know working out there um really didn't have any idea what i wanted to do with my life i just kind of just finished college got my degree and was like ah, eh, whatever let's go to the east coast give it a shot um i had no clue what jobs i wanted to apply for i really wasn't good at anything i really didn't have an identity yet um, photography was just like this little thing that was kind of in the back of my mind. Um, and landed a job at National Geographic, which was wild and, um, was working at the museum exhibitions out there. And, uh, over time, I just was not really feeling too great about it. You know, I was, I was content with where I was at. Like I could have just kept doing that for years and years and years, but I just wasn't progressing anywhere. Um, and ultimately made the move back to Southern Utah and that was that. What did you learn anything from from your time at Nat Geo as pertaining to photography? Well, I mean, I was kind of introduced to a lot of different photographers, you know, mainly uh -huh. National Geographic photographers. And um, I've always kind of wanted to be in that kind of like the jack of all trades, National Geographic photographer, but um, it just wasn't something that was my speed. Um, I really tried to focus on like architecture out there because it's beautiful architecture, but um yeah, ultimately it's just, you know, looking at other photographers and like understanding like, you know, the difference between between wildlife photography and, and portrait photography and street photography and, and what kind of defines those areas. And ultimately I somehow landed on nature when I got back home. I, I think 
a lot of people when they start out, they're like, hey, I want to be the kind of photographer like in Nat Geo. I, w- I want to do that kind of photography. And then like for me, that that was the same goal. And then started out listening to people like Paul Nicklin talk about yeah. what he does. And I'm just like, uh, you know, I just like going out, taking pictures of cool trees. That's pretty exactly. much all I like to do. I don't want to die in the field or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. no wartime stuff, right? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Um, moving back to Utah, mm-hmm. what do you think, and, and I, I know you're open about this cause you're the one who brought it up uh, about your depressive state. What do you think led to that when you arrived back in Utah? Ultimately it was, it was kind of the feeling of regression, you know, uh. where, you know, finished college and I had some sort of a life plan, you know, going to DC but ultimately, you know, moving back to the parents' basement and, and kind of feeling like I failed at life. Um, and I just couldn't shake it, you know, and it's, it's a, such an awful feeling to, to feel that way, you know, just there's just hopelessness and you just can't really avoid it. Every single day is just a constant battle with your own brain just to, you know, keep on breathing. And um, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't say what caused it, but I'm going to have to say, you know, regression is probably a, a pretty much a root of it. How did you come to realize and name that that's exactly what it was? Depression, I'm, I'm talking about. It was, I mean, because for me, it was every single day waking up thinking of how I was going to kill myself that day. Um, and it wasn't an easy thing to, my mind didn't really understand what that was. Um, I never really felt that way before, you know, and I couldn't focus on anything, you know, but photography somehow leached onto my brain and kind of was just this distraction for me and the Southern Utah area and the Zion area were really helpful in that distraction because these were these places I never explored as a kid, but you know, they were just, you know, five minutes from my doorstep. They were right in my backyard. And these are these places that I don't know, I, I could explore and I could learn and I could maybe be a better photographer than I was seeming to be at the time. Do you think nature has that ability to be the healing aspect to mental depression or, or mental illness in general? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I always kind of fall back on the idea of nature as the distraction. Um, I just, it's, it's almost like when I was just out photographing, I didn't care what I was doing. I just embracing the moment and, and just learning, but also kind of teaching myself how to be a better person and how to, to heal my mind a little bit more. Did it, were you working at the same time? Like, did this take time to unfold for you? Oh, sure. Yeah, I was. Um, so my parents, we owned a uh, uh, like a family coffee shop and, and I grew up in Cedar City, Utah, which is about 45 minutes north of Zion. Um, and every morning I would basically open the shop. I would go from, let's say, 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. and immediately go out to to Zion um, or up into the mountains around Cedar City, Utah. And it was it was almost this beautiful thing where I could wake up, get coffee you know, do my job, do my work, 
have some food and then um, just go out and just explore and fall in love with the area. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful thing. If you don't mind me asking, what, what do you think your personality type is? And and the reason I ask that is is because I'm curious a lot about what kinds of personalities venture into photography more than others. Yeah, I mean, I would, I can't. <laughs> definitely, gotta, to do. definitely got to say it's. I'm an introvert for sure. I mean, yeah, that's just. I don't enjoy. Um, which is, it's interesting for podcasts, but I don't really enjoy talking about myself all that much um, mm-hmm. or really being recognized in a weird way. Um, it's just, I like being alone and, and, you know, being able to heal on my own and, and kind of avoid people and embrace things that don't really talk back or, um, you know, like, like nature. Just you can sit there and embrace the moment and, you know, it'll just listen to you if, if you want to talk or if you want to scream or if you want to yell and and cry um yeah definitely an introvert i feel like that's pretty universal mm-hmm. in our in our group of, of friends yes <laughs> community as a whole I'm, i gotta say very yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i feel like i would really be remiss and and i normally like to keep these podcasts a conversation between you and i yeah um and let them flow genuinely Mm. i I do feel like i would be remiss though if i didn't give you kind of like a platform uh for anybody who may feel like they're going through a depression or a mental illness um Mm. what what advice would you give them uh they're obviously here because they enjoy photography um what advice would you give them moving forward on how to use photography as that outlet for your emotions? I would say um, fully embrace it. Um, I've kind of become obsessed in a way, um, but in a good way. Um, It's pretty much my only hobby. It's pretty much all I do. If I'm not out photographing, I'm more than likely watching videos on YouTube of, you know, my favorite photographers. Um, it's, it's just this thing I've kind of grabbed onto almost like an addiction. Um, but it's, it's more of a good addiction. Um, and I would say just let it distract you. I mean, it feeling that way, it's not, it's never an easy thing to experience. And it's, it's tough to look back on because my, all of my work, everything I can, everything I've done in photography I pretty much owe to my depression. Um, it's a very weird complex that's going on in my brain. Um, you know, recently releasing a book on my work in Zion over this year. And I just, I just, you know, all I can think about is during that time, I just felt horrible the entire time, but I was letting this place help me get through it essentially. Why are you so open about it? I don't know. I, I feel hiding emotion is never good. Um, I remember back in those days, and um, I'll always thank my father for this. Um, love him to death. But he essentially, we just had a lot of conversations. You know, I would, I would come down, and I just became super open. Um, it was, we're not really a, a very talkative family. We're a very interior family. Um, but... 
he would just let me, you know, go down to the, the, the office at the coffee shop and just cry and, and kind of talk my heart out what I needed to do. And I mean, you should always lean on people. I mean, they will always listen, even though we're introverted, even though we want to avoid people and get out into nature, you always have to lean on people. Um, and I will always appreciate those talks of just, you know, go out, do something, work, work harder. Um, like that's what kept me alive. That's fascinating to mm -hmm. me. Um, I, I, I do want to hit on uh, your something you said about night photography and Milky Way photography yeah. and small scenes. I want to compare and contrast the two. Break down for me, though, the process of what you said became a repetitive state of night photography versus small scene photography, which is it's kind of your bread and butter now. Yeah. Um... Well, back in those times, I mean, I was just getting in, like learning it, trying to figure out camera settings and, and um, you know, what was beautiful to me. But I was more focused on what was beautiful to other people. And I quickly realized that people are just astounded by images of stars. They can't mm. even imagine how a camera could take that. Um, and it was just something I leaned on for the, for the start. But... Um, after a while, it just, it became this just going through the motions. Um, and I, I'm not talking about like something like, you know, where you, where you track the stars, where you dither, where you make composites, you know, um, I'm just talking about just simple, basic taking images of night photography. It can be really high ISOs, um, kind of just putting whatever subject you want in the front, just making sure that's it's the Milky Way. And that's mainly what I was doing. And it just didn't feel rewarding hmm. um and then after a while i mean many years in between that of just you know exploring city stuff and trying to figure out street photography um and then i kind of landed on small scenes which i have been questioned a lot actually about you know why do you take images of ice and leaves like what's what's so cool about that and i it's just something that's rewarding to me you know and it's it's almost like i'm not catering to um, people who aren't photographers, but I feel like I'm now catering to a photography community, which just feels more wholesome to me. Um, even though I do want to cater to everybody. Um, but yeah, just the shift has been strange, but I will always thank Milky Way Photography for teaching me at least camera settings because boy, I can at least teach you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I want to pause real quick to remind you about today's sponsor for the podcast. That's Nature Photographers Network. You can go to naturephotographers.network and look at all of the information that they have, not only in their discussion forums, but the image critiques. They have Ask Me Anythings with a lot of the best photographers on the planet right now. They have discussions on topics that are going on in landscape photography right now from some of your favorite photographers. And, and my favorite thing about these is you also get access to webinar events and, and other events through the website itself. So you can go to naturephotographers.network and sign up for a subscription. You don't have to really worry about what tier you want to be in on the website. You can get 10% off of any of them if you go to naturephotographers.network and use the code 
LPS10 during checkout for 10% off. You can also find the code for that discount in the show notes as well. But right now, let's get back to our podcast discussion with Andrew Baruffi. Uh, what what has the photography community that you mentioned done for you uh, and, and your personal expression through imagery? Oh, geez. I mean, the support has been astounding. And I mean, it's it's that support that kind of keeps you going um, and just keeps you creating. And sure, you, you find, at least I find, uh, people who I want to emulate in my photography, you know, the heroes that you want to emulate. Um, but after a while, it's just people like certain things and people you look up to like certain things and it kind of puts you on a path of, of who you want to be as a photographer. Um, but I, I feel like I've created something somewhat unique to me. Um, at least I try. Um, yeah. Who are those heroes for you? Oh, geez. Uh, James Lane photography, James Lane for sure. Um, Ben Horn, Joshua Glacier, Martin Gonzalez for sure. Uh, geez, uh, Eric Erlenbush can't can't say enough about E Visual. Just such phenomenal people. I mean, that's across YouTube and Instagram. I mean, that's pretty much the two platforms I use the most. Going from having heroes, emulating them. How did you then separate yourself by creating your own style and vision through? Uh, the way you see small scenes? Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, I think it almost has to do with the area, um, even though it's it's hard, you know, comparing and contrasting Ben Horn because he does go to Zion quite often, phenomenal mm-hmm. photographer. But um, it's almost that... <sighs> the time, I would say, the time I could put into these places, you know, where most people actually have to travel you know, from California or, or you know, United Kingdom to get to these places. I had it on my back doorstep so I could really just study and understand how the light worked and how conditions worked um, and really experience Zion and Southern Utah in every season, you know, didn't have to wait for, you know, the shuttles on my, on my seven days in Zion for a summer trip. I just, I could go whenever I wanted, you know, wake up super early and, and bike into the canyon. Just having the time, I would say. I love the ideas of shuttles in Zion, and I yeah. love what they're doing, like for the park to reduce the like populous areas. Um, but as someone who does have to travel, it is really annoying to like yeah, try to schedule off and figure out where everything is going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you see other parks going in that direction, though? I do. I mean, I, I've heard about arches. I haven't been out since, but apparently they're doing something with cars and shuttles. I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, I'm all for it. I'm hundred percent, you know, this, this, these parks matter way more than we do and way more than photography ever will. Um, and I mean, if it was, <laughs> well, it's a tough thing to say because, you know, I base all my work on, on Zion in Southern Utah, but I would, I would much more appreciate it if they would just close down Zion, you know, so nobody could visit and the park could just heal and, and, um, exist in silence for at least a little bit of time again. Um, I just feel like it's just not being treated well by so many people. Um, and I try and implement that throughout my photography. Um, 
you know, showing how to take care of the parks, you know, at least speaking about taking care of the parks um, and, you know, reducing our impact out there. How long would that have to be shut down, do you think? Oh, geez. <laughs> Too many years, I would say. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty bad. The vandalism, the, the litter, the just, you know, social trails that people make is just, it's mind blown when you get out there. Honestly, the etchings on the rocks alone would yeah. take a decade to clean off. Absolutely. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty sad to see. Yeah. I want to get back into the emotional side um, of photography for you, uh, especially going to some place in your own backyard like Zion. And, and it's one thing to say, okay, I go to a place, I experience it, I really enjoy what it does for me in a three-dimensional in real life space. Mm-hmm. When you have to go behind the camera and construct a composition, what is your framework for displaying an emotion into a small scene and making that two-dimensional? Hmm. Ah, you know, it's, that's a, that's gotta be a tough one. I mean, uh, it's almost like when I frame up these compositions, I see something beautiful and I just want to record it. Um, and I almost don't think about it when I'm behind the camera. Um, I kind of display the emotion that I have with words. I always try to accompany my photograph with a, usually a set of words that fits into a nice Instagram caption. That's kind of the perfect amount of, a, of words, I think, for, for my images. But I almost, I don't see photographs to pl- displaying all the emotion behind the scenes. I feel like, at least for me, they require some context. Being what? Uh, mainly what I talk about is I just talk about the day. I talk about, you know, I'm looking at an image right now in front of me and I just, I talk about, you know, the beauty of co-op is that it's a 15 minute drive from where I live and in winter timing is everything. Um, and it's just how I showed up on a day, even like the lunch I ate, you know, uh, any coffee I'm having, uh, even, and just kind of getting to the end is just where I kind of explain the composition and explain the thought process there, but I don't really get into the true emotion behind it. I don't think. Hmm. Why is that? I don't know. It's, it's almost this like duality between the two where, you know, they almost combine to create an emotion. Um, uh-huh. Whereas like, you know, you can look at an image that I'm staring at at least right now and I see beautiful ice. I see beautiful reflected light. Um, I see this movement throughout it. But if I took the words away, you really wouldn't understand what it is. You wouldn't really get a grasp that this is me 30 feet up on a slope looking down at an ice scene on a river. Like it would, it would be hard to comprehend. And I understand, I mean, definitely that's like an element of abstract photography. I mean, it's, it's abstract for a reason, but I almost want it to be abstract combined with some sort of explanation of what they're looking at. It almost gives the viewer freedom to have their own emotional attachment to it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Is that um, hard for you to give up? I mean, because you're putting so much of your own emotion into each image and and dissecting, you know, what you're feeling that day, especially what you've gone through, mm-hmm. uh, and then giving that up for the viewer to have their own interpretation of. Is is that difficult for you? Ah, uh, it's tough because I think I became extremely independent when I was taking photography when I was kind of going through this time of, of suicidal oppression and it's it's forced me to care more for myself than um, and kind of make an identity for myself and share what my experience is versus what other folks see and what other folks can kind of glean from a from an image um, yeah I've I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a tough one to, to answer for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go through the creation of your book heal. Um, wh- first of all, just the overarching view, what is the book? How did you come up with the idea and, and what can somebody expect if they order it? Yeah. So heal is, it's a very specific book. Um, it's, about this time of depression through Zion and Southern Utah over a course of about a year and a half between the beginning of 2019 and about fall of 2020. Um, And it's essentially me learning photography um, in a book. Um, And uh, you'll see the progression of generally words and images, but the words will kind of start in this place of sadness and, and becoming a, a grounding of my mental state and, and uh, helping me through the moment. Whereas, you know, it will progress to through a timeline where it kind of ends with me more explaining compositions and, and kind of what I care about in Zion and how much I've learned from this place. Um, and it's just been, it, it was a, f- a fairly simple process. I'm not going to lie when, when it actually became to be like um, publishing the book. Because essentially, I, I contacted Jerry Greer out of Mountain Trail Press and Platinum Editions there in Johnson City, Tennessee, um, and uh, he, he, you know, we started off a conversation. I was basically like, I have the book already written; all the photos are already done. Uh, just need it to be a book, and um, it very quickly became one in a year. And there, you know, there were some slippery points and some, you know, hiccups, but in the end we created this beautiful project and I couldn't be happier. Um, but again, you know, I just, it almost doesn't feel real, you know, like I, I really haven't, it hasn't sunk in yet. Um, at least the shock of publishing a book or, you know, something tangible of my work, but, um, yeah, it's been a beautiful process. When do you think that will sink in? I don't know. I've been asking myself that too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking, you know, will it be another podcast? Will it be um, one of my heroes, you know, seeing this book and, and you know, finding beauty in it? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really hoping I find it soon. But at this point, I, I just kind of feel like I'm not good at accepting the accomplishment of this um, quite yet. Hmm. Is that a learning process, do you think, accepting that ac- accomplishment? I sure hope so. I mean, I, I sure hope I'll, I'll get it one day. Um, and I mean, I've, I've kind of posted an image recently about this and, and kind of said some words and 
apparently it's something that a lot of people feel as well, you know, where they create something with success and it kind of falls short of them in their mind and they just don't really feel anything. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. And I just, I hope I'll learn it soon. I think a lot of times stuff like that, success can be found in the process of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like the overarching book and, and the overarching project when it comes out, like it's amazing to see, but I don't know for me, especially in photography, like you have these photos that you want to get of places that you've gone to so many times and you fail, 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 fail. Mm-hmm. And, and then you finally get that shot that you want. It, it's the process rather than, you know, when the image comes out on my computer screen and I go through the editing process and, and churn it out, I'm just like, Oh, there's another photo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's the process. It's, it's the grind to get it really Absolutely. for, for me. I, I don't know if you felt that during creating the book at all. Yeah. I mean, even the process, I mean, in kind of what I was saying about how it was just so simple to create, mm-hmm. it was, everything was written. The photos were done. You know, all I had to do was convert them to CMYK, put it into InDesign and boom, you know, send that off, get it printed. And um, <laughs> it's it was a little too simple for me. You know, I expected mm. this arduous process and, and it just wasn't that. And maybe that's just a, you know, an accomplishment for Jerry being so incredible with, with the publishing process. But mm. I don't know. I just, I still feel kind of a little hollow about it well jerry's got it down to a science and he's a really good guy he's been doing this for decades now yeah Uh, so he knows the industry and he knows the process but having that expectation about the book do you kind of feel robbed of that experience of having an arduous process i don't know because a part of me is fighting that you know of man, I really wish it was harder, man. And I really wish this wasn't handed to me, but also, you know, all of the work that I've done is here. It's, it's right in front of me. I mean, this mm-hmm. book wouldn't exist without these words or these images. Um, it's kind of accepting that process, but also that process when I was going through it, when I was making these images, when I was writing these stories, I really wasn't here. I was lost in my mind, lost in these scenes and, and kind of, falling in love with the place and and becoming obsessed with the place. And I don't know, it just, I almost wasn't there for it. Let's go through that process. If you, if you don't mind, and let's even take like an image from the first few pages of the book. Um, What was it like for you to go through those experiences again and, and write about them in book format and, and have that reoccurring emotion come up. Yeah. So I'm looking at an image kind of very first one in the book, it's called context. Um, it's an image of a deer. It's really not a special image. Um, but at the time it was very important to me and it's less of the image and more of the words. That's extremely important to me because I never talked about these photos, um, before I would always, take a photo and do like some one word or try to be funny caption on Instagram. Um, and that was it, you know, it would just kind of fall away to nothing. And, uh, this was like the first time I actually wrote something about it. And, um, 
I remember I, I, I always wrote these stories maybe a day or two after as after I did an edit of the image and um, I'd write these stories. Generally, when I was actually at work, I would, you know, in between making sandwiches and making coffee, I would write up these stories. And to kind of go back, I don't really, it's, it's tough because it's, it's almost hard to remember these moments, you know. Sure, I wrote stories about them, and maybe that's kind of what subconsciously my mind needed to do so I could at least reminisce on these moments. But it's, it was just a time of just constantly creating and constantly distracting my mind. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to go back on these images because I don't really, I don't want to say I don't really enjoy them. I, I love these images and they will always hold a very special thing in my heart um, and my mind, especially these words. But I don't know. I just, I've, I guess I've seen the progression of my work and seen my, my, myself become a little bit more intentional about my photography. Do you have any plans of, of where that photography is going? Hopefully staying where it's at. Um, I really, I really enjoy now living in Rochester, New York. I really enjoy um, taking trips out to Zion in fall and winter um, and, and just becoming a trip based photographer. Um, of course, I would love to live in, in Utah again and, or even, you know, Springdale, Utah, right outside of Zion. That would be the absolute dream. Just go there every single day again. Um, but I just, I kind of want to stick where I'm at. You know, I don't really want to change. Um, Rochester is beautiful and all, but it is, it's not my speed. Um, I like things a little bit slower and I hate to say easier. Zion was, was a great teacher because, you know, you showed up at in winter or fall, you showed up about 9am and you left at 3pm, 4pm on a clear day and you had the best conditions you could have for Zion. You know, this wasn't a place that relied on sunrises or sunsets or or Milky Way photography. It was just reflected light, you know? No, I, I definitely feel that. Um, going out to Zion myself, ex having that same experience of not really relying on weather so much. You're relying on light and it's abundant mm -hmm. there. Um, whereas on the East Coast, you're very reliant on weather and waiting out what could be a good scene but you know you kind of have to pick and choose when you're actually going to go out and it's i would love to get your opinion on this too it's, it's a conversation i've had with a lot of my friends on the east coast who shoot uh, it is east coast versus west coast which is more difficult for you east coast for sure yeah, yeah. it's just it's become like condition-based photography where if it's not foggy outside i don't want to go out uh, <laughs> it's just and you're just waiting for those days and I try and supplement it with wildlife because wildlife is more abundant here, mm -hmm. but it's, it's still hard, you know, especially, you know, changing kits and, and trying to, to figure out what, you know, gear setup is going to be the best for this place, but what gear setup will also be the best for Zion. Um, it's tough. Any future plans for new books? I don't know. Because I'm still sitting on this one, you know, still not feeling mm -hmm. whatever about it. But um, I might, I might create like a little zine of of Rochester because I'm I'm 
I'm pretty happy with some images from here. And I would just like a smaller book, you know, a smaller project, a less expensive project for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little ebook, maybe. Maybe. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where can people go to find the book? Where can people go to find more out about you? Uh, well, right now, um, it's pretty much just on my website. And you can always find out more about me on my website. And that's where the book's going to be at. Um, also, if you're a local in, in Rochester, I'm actually selling it at REI, um, just as a local book. Um, I work at REI, so it it's, makes it you know nicer. But um, yeah, you can definitely find it locally at REI. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on the show, talking about photography and, and being so open and honest about your experience uh, with your photography journey as well. Thanks for having me, David. Really appreciate it. So I hope you gained a lot from that discussion with Andrew. I, I know I certainly did. I relate a lot to Andrew and what he said, not only in the experiences of East Coast versus West Coast, uh, always love that topic between photographers who have spent time shooting both, but also somebody who myself has gone through mental illness and PTSD and anxiety and, and overcome that through art therapy and photography. Hearing it from Andrew, I hope you can get a different take of it as well. Andrew is very forthcoming about going through those experiences, and I'm sure you're going to get a lot more of that from him and understanding a lot more about how he approaches photography. If you follow him on Instagram, he's a great follow. Uh, And also, be sure that you continue to subscribe and follow the podcast because we have a lot more exciting things coming out from the podcast, not only discount codes from like Nature Photographers Network, uh, but also live webinars and live interviews on YouTube as well. So if you want access to those, you can either, number one, sign up for my email list to be notified when those are coming out if you go to davidjohnstonart.com, or you can go to YouTube and type in David Johnston Photography and look that up as well. So. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you got a lot out of this episode and I can't wait to see you back next week.